as president of basketball operations, is that ahead of general manager? Is that equal? To, is it a total different thing? Is it below? What, how does that work? Well, Jimmy, it's a little bit above. It's a little bit above uh, general manager. Exactly. Rob Palenka is our general manager. Gotcha. And he's doing a fantastic job. And if he doesn't, you fire him. Fire, fire him and everybody else. Luke Wall and everybody got to go. <laughs> but no, we're happy. <laughs> Would you? No. I like to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me right now. Absolutely. Ask me if I like to play with Jimmy Butler. Say right now. Ask me about Kyrie Irving, Giannis. Ask me about Embiid, Ben Simmons. Go ahead, all of them. Luka Doncic. Ask me right now. Come on, guys. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. These are great players. Absolutely. And I would love to play with a lot of great players. That's just who I am. So people get caught up in, you know, they caught up in bunches, you know, sometimes when they, they wish they could control what you say and they can't control me at all. And I play by the rules. We all play by the rules, Brittany Johnson. Of course we do. How are you? I am good. How have you been? Fine and dandy, as they say. Fine and dandy. Where have you been? Hiding. On the Pac-12 networks, <laughs> the worst network on the planet, according to some. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that in just a bit. We got to get to that because I know you are about to sound off. Oh, I'm steamed. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about LeBron James, Anthony Davis, this whole demanding a trade situation, kind of colluding together, tampering? I, I think one of the milestones in all professional sport is that players don't have to stay in one city for one organization. I like the idea that players can move around, but I think there's a major problem in the NBA if you're just going to have super teams in super cities. I like... Do what you want to do, right? Move around, do all that, but I agree with the NBA commissioner what he said over All-Star Weekend about, let's not mess this up here, let's get his exact wording. He said, I don't like trade demands, and I wish they didn't come. I wish all those matters were handled behind closed doors. I think we could do a better job as a league in avoiding these situations that get to the point where players are demanding to be traded or in a worst-case scenario saying they won't honor their contract. So... I'm fine with players wanting to leave and all that, right? Who doesn't want to better themselves when themselves when there's another opportunity that comes up in any job? But I feel like keep that kind of clo- behind closed doors. I think it's bigger than that because Salt Lake City, Utah had a great example of Gordon Hayward, right? He became a five-star player, became a face of a franchise. Who put the money into him? The Utah Jazz. Hundreds of millions of dollars they spent into building this guy into a star. And yeah, did they have some push from Turner and ESPN and NBA as a whole? Sure they did. But it was the Utah Jazz that kind of put him on a platform, right? Every day he had a worldwide platform, and it's because of the Utah Jazz. Damian Lillard, when he 
is he going to leave Portland? And so what happens is you have all these teams like New Orleans who's building an Anthony Davis, right? And then he leaves, and you got to start all over. And at some point, you have to think, well, maybe we should reduce the number of NBA teams. Have eight teams and put another three in Europe or one in Mexico City and just have ten super teams. Eight teams? Eight, ten teams, something like that, where if I am a Jazz fan, what— I'd I'd be scared to death that Donovan Mitchell's gone in five years. I mean, so I think that's two different things here. I think no. one. Well, I think one. I'm talking about players. If you want to be traded, yeah, that's fine. But I don't think you need to come out and just demand a trade publicly. Let Let's work with the people. Work with your organization. But where does he want to go? The Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like. Now, the entire All-Star Weekend, instead of focusing on all the players and activities that are there, everybody's focused on Anthony Davis. Every interview you hear is about Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, um, him and LeBron, same agent. Are they, you know, working together to try to do X, Y, Z? Well, no, duh. But, I mean, this whole entire weekend has become about him. I don't – who cares? I want to hear other storylines, and it wouldn't have been all about him if – it would have been kept behind closed doors. One of the great storylines that came out of this Anthony Davis saga, right, is the fact that Port or that uh, New Orleans might have to move the organization if he leaves because of attendance, because of uh, corporate interest, et cetera, et cetera. And Louisiana is not a huge NBA town as it is. They're more college football, mm-hmm. more pro football, and I don't know, doing whatever else they do out there. But Mardi Gras, <laughs> squirrel hunting. <laughs> and so one of the major effects is, do they have to move this franchise? And there was talk that um, that was going on in media in Oregon is that the Portland Trailblazers um, contract with Oregon, the state of Oregon, is up in two years. Are they going to leave? You know, and so I, I think that there's what happens when De- De'Aaron Fox is a free agent. Is he going to stay in Sacramento? Probably not. You know, and so there's a bigger problem, I think, in the NBA, which this Anthony Davis thing is showing a light. Yeah, it's annoying that it's about him and that it didn't stay behind closed doors, but it brings up a much bigger topic of can these small market states and teams, is it good for them to be there? I think it is, and I think you're always going to have another superstar. I think it, it's tougher in a small market, obviously, but there's always going to be there's going to be another Anthony Davis. There's going to be another LeBron. There's going to be another blah blah blah. But I mean that you can build your organization around. But it's about championships, right? Yeah. And so if Chris Paul is in New Orleans for six years and then he leaves, it took him another five years to get an Anthony Davis. Yeah. And then once you have Anthony Davis, he leaves. Yeah. And then you're going to have to wait a couple of years and get your next. Yeah. And so you never really have the ability to truly compete. But it's the same with large market teams. Look how long the Lakers have sucked. And the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, so I think. Today, whether you're small market, whether you're large market, the Jazz have been doing way better than the Lakers, and they're, the Jazz are considered a smaller market. Yeah, they've never won a championship, though. No, but still, 
look at that. Look how long it took for the Lakers to get someone of substance to get another great player. Yeah. So. And he's not a young player either. No. So I think players are going to come. They're going to go, which is fine. And they should be able to. They should be able to because if I'm able to come and go as I want, when my contract is up, if I'm able to go to another job, you know, then so be it. Why can't an athlete do the same thing? Um, but then again, I can't – I don't publicly say, you know, if if I were to be unhappy, I don't just sit here and say, I'm unhappy publicly. I need a new job because then I'm not going to get a new job. It, it's kind of – a double standard there. If I'm if I'm unhappy with my job and I say publicly, I'm unhappy, I want a new job, no one's going to hire me. But it seems to work differently when you... Well, when you're the best in the world, it's a different... I am the best in the <laughs> That's world. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to change the Constitution. <laughs> I am the best in the world. <laughs> so how do you think Anthony Davis feels? I know it's got to be frustrating too, right? But but I mean, and I I think his whole beef was not so much wanting to leave New Orleans. It's just that, from what I understand, is he feels like because the Pelicans are owned by the same family that owns the Saints, the Benson family, and so I think he feels like, well, this is a football family and a football organization, and we get the leftovers. Like their training staff are football training staff people. Well, you know, so there's a big, yeah, it might be more of an organizational issue than just playing in the city. Yeah. And that's fine. Why can't you just take up the matters in house? And when you're not happy, obviously when you are traded or you, I mean, it's going to come out later, you know, down the line that you're not happy, but I think it's just ways that you do things just like, what do you think about an agent being a a GM? I don't like that too close it's too it's you're mixing two worlds together i don't i don't like it at all it's there's got to be some lines somewhere Mm -hmm. and i and i don't want this to get misconstrued like i love the that the nba is a players league right players have more free will than they do in football for example but i still think things should be done a certain way there's got to be some sort of tact some professionalism yeah yeah because crap i mean we've all wanted to tweet out stuff we've all wanted to say stuff you know and we can't do that um no tweeting and deleting no (laughs) you can't you can't do that but it's the same you know like antonio brown uh or am i tripping antonio davis brown antonio brown yeah uh how he was tweeting out stuff you know the other the other day with the fans like (laughs) you know like about him being unhappy it's i don't know is but it's part of the emotion it's part of the reason why we put these men and women and others on a pedestal is we want to know everything about their lives because you know we deem them as hyper masculine characters or the best brains in the world whatever it is we see them as a better human being than I don't because well, you are you gotta wake up just like I do, and God has the last answer. Okay, <laughs> we all gotta answer to God. Allegedly, so allegedly, so Anthony Davis, Anthony Brown gonna be Antonio Brown, whatever. Y'all gonna be in that same line as me. 
So do you think the Lakers should be punished, lose a draft pick? Uh, no, no. I, I wouldn't take it that far. I just think it's stupid. How do you feel about uh, the fallout for Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and See, Ingram? That, that's and another Hart. thing. Like, when you make things public like that, why would why would Kuzma, why would Ingram, why would they all want to play now? You know what I mean? I, I understand it's a it's a job and all that kind of stuff, but it's just like, damn, y'all was willing to give me up yesterday <laughs> for for one person. For Anthony Davis, y'all were willing to trade, you know, your core, your young core, give up a draft pick, you know, and and then the Four next yeah picks. and then the, well one first round but the next day it's like now you love me again mm-hmm. I, sh- bye <laughs> so christmas going to orlando huh? <laughs> no but it's just i mean how would you feel it, i know it's the business but i think well i don't know if i do well with it i think i i think you know i would have a hard time not going and have a conversation with lebron james LeBron but, James. But who can do that? You know, the guy's a 17-year veteran or however long he's been in the league. He's considered, you know, a top five player ever. Can you say, I don't like the way you're treating me? Probably not. Like, I would text him like, an emoji and be like, really? Really, dog? <laughs> <laughs> we really going to do this? <laughs> you think Lonzo did a song about him? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be released in about two, three years. Would you think about Lonzo's father saying Lonzo wouldn't go to New Orleans if he got traded? I mean, everybody's daddy talking. Anthony <laughs> Davis, his daddy said he ain't going to Boston. So you're saying these <laughs> these NBA players are boys and not men, huh? I mean, because if your dad's talking for you, I'm not sure that you're a man. Well, well, Anthony Davis's father made it clear that those were not his son's words. That's how he felt. So he said he's just speaking freely. But Did Kawhi's family speak to <laughs> He's in Toronto. You know, <laughs> ship him out of Toronto. Or Utah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've already told my parents when I get famous, don't be taking the Twitter saying stuff. <laughs> I'll take care of that. <laughs> I, think I don't your know. Your brother it's... got you too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, LeVar Ball, I don't think anybody's paying attention to him anymore. Yeah, it's a bummer, isn't it? I loved when he was on Colin Cowherd in the first take and some of the best media ever made. LeBron shut that down. He, he came did. to town and he was like, nah, and Pops. It was rude. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, Pops. I mean, have you ever heard LeBron's mom come out and say I've heard conversations about LeBron's mom in the league before. Well, we've all heard those. But let let me finish. <laughs> let, that didn't come out right. Have we heard LeBron's mom come out and say he's not going to play for such and such team? No, she was talking about other stuff. <laughs> we're not going to get into that at all. Please. <laughs> no, we're not getting no into recap. that. No recap. <laughs> None. Oh God! If you want to recap, you gotta Google it. What's his name? Who's? I don't even know who you're talking about. You gotta Google it. Just type in LeBron James mom. Who? NBA players. Don't do it. Valentine's don't, Day. Don't do no. it. Don't do it. 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I guess, every, you know, everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants a voice. Everybody wants to be heard. Um, as a parent, you have every right to say whatever you want, obviously. every Anyone does. But, I mean, pops y'all y'all got to back back y'all got to chill like let your let your son be a man and make his own decisions you like that there's 30 nba teams i do yeah i think there should be more more yeah what other teams louisville get a team <laughs> just <laughs> finally make thing. it official <laughs> We're gonna have I mean, a... they're getting paid anyway <laughs> damn just put some nba jerseys on them <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see Team Nike versus Team Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> team Under Armour versus Team Puma. <laughs> I mean, I think there should be more teams. More teams. David Stern, the former commissioner, had this idea where he would have a Super League. He'd have a team in France, team in England, team in Mexico, LA, Miami, Chicago, New York, Boston, and then one maybe San Francisco, maybe Denver. And that's it. But see, that's not fair. To who? To everyone. What about the little the little kid in Idaho that's yeah. never had a team that has to come all the way here to Utah? The Boise Broncos? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's no NFL team in, in Utah, so everybody's got to drive to Denver. Hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. I want every state to have a team. Not a bad idea. I don't know. But there's not enough players. <laughs> Have to do a tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I just we can have the NCA run this. <laughs> it's not realistic, but I mean, it's just it sucks when because that's how too. When I look for a place of employment, when I look for a job, I don't want to be in a place that doesn't have a sports team, uh, or an NFL or an NBA team. I don't want to be in that kind of a state. What What are you gonna do? Go to the beach. What if there's no beach? Move. <laughs> <laughs> See? <Go fish> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be there. So you couldn't do Alaska or Hawaii? No. North Dakota? No. What Vermont. What would the team be called in North Dakota? Uh, I don't know. What are they known for in North Dakota? Walmarts. A lot of Walmarts. Are they? Yeah, people make like 35 bucks an hour in Walmart. Oh, well, they'd be called the Wally Worlds. <laughs> Wally Worlds. <laughs> I don't know, man. Lord the code and methods. Yeah. <laughs> is that all there is to do? Somebody tell us what there's to do in North Dakota, please. Oh, Lay pipe and smoke meth. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> seems like that's what a lot of people from the Pac-12 are about to be doing. <laughs> yeah, unemployment, you mean? Unemployment. <laughs> So, do you follow this as much as I do, or is it I just, do, I do. But you, you know who John Wilner is. Yes, you follow it more because this affects you. Yeah, it makes me drink. It <laughs> makes me get emotional at one in the morning. So fill, question everything. <laughs> fill people in on what's going on with the or what's not going on with the Pac-12. <laughs> All right, so they're saying that no one watches the Pac-12 network, and it largely has to do with our tremendous amount of coverage of Olympic sport, which means women's sports, yeah. right? And they're saying that all 12 schools, including USC and Stanford and UCLA and Oregon, are falling behind the curve, the athletic curve 
of the SEC network and in basketball, the ACC and Big Ten and basically everyone else. And due to the poor performance in college football and men's basketball this year, some wonder if the Pac-12 is getting closer to the West Coast Conference or the WAC than that of the Big Ten or the SEC. So who's to blame? No one's to blame. There's nothing wrong with it. Yes, there is. What? The Pac-12 is boring. Pac-12 is boring. Compared to, I mean, if you're going to compare it, that's what a lot of people are saying. The Pac-12 is boring compared, we don't have an Alabama. We don't have a LSU. We don't have, you know. You do in gymnastics. You got two of them. Yeah, but. You do of them in tennis. You do in volleyball. You do in water polo. I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's the problem. Nobody's watching those. Nobody's watching it. People, the thing that brings in the most money, supposedly, well, numbers do show it, is football and basketball. They fund the other programs. And so people want to see football and basketball. What was it? The Huskies are holding it down. They were the only ones to make a, a, what do you call it? Like it got into the college playoffs. No, um, like they're the only ones who played a bowl game that mattered. Okay. Yeah, they them? played in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they're the only ones that played in the game that mattered. Who was in the college football playoffs from the Pac-12? This year? No one. No one. What is the Pac-12 doing? Beside, I, The women's sports are leading the way. They are. Outside of Connecticut. Yeah, they're, yeah. women's sports are huge. But, but no the, one goes to but, it. Yeah, but and the no big, yeah. So your big dogs, the big money that you're getting, that you are trying to pull from is football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that the lack of, Television coverage is the problem. Even though every big basketball, you have to remember that ESPN and Fox paid the Pac-12 network $3 billion and all the big games are on ESPN or ESPN2 or Fox Sports or Fox National or ABC. But it's also a lack of excitement. A lot of people think that we don't have good teams in the Pac-12, that we don't have good players in the Pac-12. But I think it's because they're not. Let me ask you a question. They're not. Hold on. I think it's because they're not being televised that people don't realize it. For perfect example, who was paying attention to Kyle Kuzma before he became a Laker? Larry Kristoviak. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ask all the people down south, back east, who Kyle Kuzma was. They couldn't tell you. He was on a bad team, though, too. Yeah, but... but And a team that got suspended yeah, and kicked but, out after for a lot of stuff that wasn't talked about. That He's an example because he he played in the Pac-12. He took money from an agent, yeah. Allegedly. Hmm. Have you seen the receipts? <laughs> I got it right here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's just an example. You have, you have talent in the Pac-12, but nobody gets to see that because it's not televised and then years later you have people saying well damn where well, did kyle is, kuzma come it from it is televised it's not on a I, big on a big level okay th- th- there's a lot of things at that went on with this and the most important thing to the 12 presidents of the university was olympic sports create a title nine platform where every men's game we we broadcast there's an equal women's broadcast Mm -hmm. right out of the 855 games that the network does a year in six different states it's 50 50 and 
that was the most important thing to the president. Like, if you think that Stanford cares about $10 million or that UCLA cares about 10 it means nothing to them. They can fund these sports and every sport, whether there's a TV contract, whether there's not a TV contract. Like, we have to remember that you being a West Coast girl and living in California, when you were 15, you couldn't watch a Washington State football game, let alone a basketball game. You weren't watching a Cal game unless it was one of the Mike Montgomery teams that was trying to get to the Sweet 16 every year with Jason Kidd. Mm -hmm. Outside of that bubble, they were never on. Watching a USC football game when you're not in California, unless it was Notre Dame or Stanford, um, good luck. That's what I'm saying. And so West Coast sport has never been a giant TV thing. That's why the Pac-12 conference started the Pac-12 network was we need a life force. But the problem was is they weren't DirecTV wanted to take 51% ownership and then their renegotiation was like we'll take 49%. That means all your Reggie Bush footage, that means your Matt Liner footage, that means your Lou Alcindor, your John Wooden, I mean and then it goes on and on. They didn't want to give up those rights. And so they're like we'll keep it small, we'll keep it local and for some reason if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you can't watch Oregon State versus Washington State on the Pac-12 network on a Saturday, people get pissed. And I get it. But, you know, for these national writers like John Wilner to just say, you know, it's the worst thing ever and the, the schools are being taken advantage of. First of all, the conference doesn't allow convicted felons to be in the league. That's a fact. Um, if you're under a 2.5, you're not getting into Stanford you're not getting into Washington or Oregon and so yeah these these Alabamas and Georgias you know are getting the best football players and starting to get some of the best basketball players but their graduation rates are horrendous they're off the and I can't attack one conference on off the field issues and not include the Pac-12 because there's a lot of stuff that goes Mm -hmm. on but I think that people are looking at it from a one-sided paradigm I look at it speaking with my family in other parts Mm -hmm. like Kentucky or Texas or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, and that's where I'm coming from with it. They don't see the PAC 12 and they never have. And so the thing is, I think if it's televised more back East down South Midwest, people can start to see the PAC 12 really doesn't suck. The PAC 12 has some great players. They have some great teams to have, you know? So, and then more players will want to come to the PAC 12. Why would you want to come to something when you know nothing about it? Why would you want to come to something when your family can't even watch you? But I think that's always been the stigma of the West coast versus the East coast and the Midwest and the South is it's Hollywood. It's La La Land. It's a different world. And you got to be wanting to be a superstar to go out there. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of myth and hoopla and fear of going to Los Angeles or going over the Rocky Mountains. It's but I think you're you're more scared because you know nothing about it. You know, if something is not being televised, if you're not being fed something, if you know nothing about it, why would I give it a chance? I, I hear you. I hear you. But I also I look at the NBA. James Harden, uh, Thompson from uh the Warriors, um, Westbrook, on and on and on of these Pac-10, Pac-12 athletes. Kuzma, who just won the All-Star for the Rising League Challenge. You know, 
there's phenomenal talent in the NBA that comes directly from the Pac-12. Jared Goff, who's in the Super Bowl. Number uh, we're not. We don't claim him right now. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm saying is, there's phenomenal players that represent the Pac-12 in all major sports all around the world. And if you think that eight million dollars is stopping Utah from competing against Louisville or Kentucky, you're flat wrong because they've spent thirty million dollars on their head coach, and he can't get them to the tournament. So, and the fans aren't going. And Berkeley has spent hundreds of millions of dollars in getting the wrong coaches. And, you know, USC is just getting off suspension. And Arizona is about to go into suspension. And so these institutions have their own failings that start way before the Pac-12 network. And a lot of it has to do is you got to be a damn good student. Yeah, and I think people can be great students. You you get someone just like... Um, you know, Coach uh, Coach Whittingham is no- notorious for that, bringing people in that weren't great students, mm-hmm. that have off-field issues, mm-hmm. and you come in and straighten them up mm-hmm. and make them men, make them women. But none of those players are going to get into Stanford or Washington. Never say never. It could happen. Yeah, there's a track record of a lot of the schools don't pick up um, the Utah. The Utah talent goes after a different student because – they're not going to get the, the five-star player. They're not going to well, get yeah. the four-and-a-half-star player. And the only way you're going to compete with the USC's and Stanford's is getting those JUCO kids and some of the kids that had young families or, you know, had gone through the court system and getting stuff thrown out. And I think Utah could compete if people – I think there's still the stigma attached to Utah. People don't want to come here because, again, they know nothing about it. They – the they don't see themselves represented in the community black people yeah, yeah it's it's just so i think if you that goes back to media that goes back to televising that goes back to social media if you are showing people that you're represented here you're more likely to come if you show people why they should come and you expand out you're going to get more recruits so you might you're not going to get as many as you, like you said USC Stanford all of that but you're going to open up the doors to at least somebody sitting there saying well hold on well let me not rule out Utah so quickly let me actually take a look at Utah see what they have to offer me see who is all there why is it that Utah just goes to recruit in Florida and Texas and California why why doesn't Utah open up why can't we we can totally get some players and then from the, Alabama. And the john wilners of the world will say oh it's because you're not making enough money so you don't have that extra seven hundred thousand dollars to get an extra recruiting coordinator that could go watch games in albany and north dakota and yeah, yeah. so i i get that but that's not true if if kyle winningham doesn't have anything it will be provided for instance he had an empty in his corner office of the facility, there was a big parking lot, right? And it was filled with dirt. And a donor was there, and they're like, what do you want? He's like, oh, how about a tennis court? Oh, here's a check. Here's a $4 million tennis court. So there's money all yeah. over that place to get whatever he needs. He, he's one of the highest-paid coaches in the country. He's one of the longest-tenured coach. Coach K is the eighth-highest coach in the country. But I don't th- – I think that – What's going on 
by these radio hosts attacking the Pac-12 is just trying to—I think it's clickbait. I think John Wilner's clickbait. I think when Hans Olsen and his partner do it, it's clickbait. I don't think that there's a definitive argument— uh, the, the Pac-12 is so much worse than any other conference. It's not, but I also think Whittingham gets paid too much. You need to start winning championships before you get paid that much. You just won a Pac-12 South championship. I'm going to need the whole thing. Me too. <laughs> and he, he, but what do you do when you – there's a lot <laughs> – why'd you lose Tuttle? I don't know. But you probably would have lost Moss if you had Tuttle start this year. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of politics on that football team, and it comes from three men from Florida saying, "I'm gonna, we're gonna come here and we're gonna put this place on the map, and we're gonna win a Pac-12 championship, and no one's gonna compete against us." And so when they bring in other high-quality talent, maybe the best talent they've ever had, and he has to leave, well, why? Well, why did he tell me earlier this season that <laughs> his quarterback he had more than two? Now you don't, player. <laughs> So in the end, I was right. And you got a guy at BYU begging to get on it. No, nope, he ain't good enough. Well, I don't and know. So how not. do you feel, honestly, as a Pac-12 employee? Well, they're taking my paychecks, and they're making it hard for me to be a full-time freelancer, um, where I have to make personal decisions of do I jump into a newsroom or go into commercials or move markets? Because... For instance, in spring, I lost nine games from last year. And they pulled a bunch of softball games, which I don't understand. But I also understand that the last five years, we have rainouts a lot in the spring. And so we've lost baseball games. And, you know, they've spent $30,000 to bring a TV truck in to do softball. And we don't. I understand that um, the Pac-12 wants to start using students more and do uh, streaming over the Internet. Makes me mad as a professional broadcaster, but I also understand well, like, that was kind of the goal was to make the Pac-12 network student produced and student run when I first started as a student. And I mean, we have to remember, I was the first student hired in all six states by the Pac-12. And it's not just the Pac-12 that's doing that. It was two years ago I was at uh, NABJ, National Association. Mississippi State has a sorority running their sports. Yeah, but... Um, and then none of them are broadcasting. Who was it? Uh... Turner was it Turner Sports? Yeah, they were asking me at NABJ a couple years ago if I shoot, and they were just like because during the NCAA tournament they want all like young people, you know, students. They were asking students, uh, people fresh out of college. They didn't even care how the quality was. It's just, do you have a camera? Can you shoot? This is going online or on blah 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 yeah. blah network. And it's not the broadcast you know? part. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's being broadcast online or it's on or they were also saying on uh, what was it, ESPN three. No, but is it what it would be is you'd go shoot ENG or fan experiences or you'd go shoot B-roll. The no, no, no. They wanted to know if I could shoot the game. It's the game. Yeah, but I, I, that's I'm not going to get in this argument. Because no, I just, worked the tournament last year. I know, and I'm and just telling you what I was asked. There wasn't a cameraman asked. under the age of 45 or 50. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I was asked. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's not and reality. so that well, it kind of was, and that's what they were asking me. And I'm 30 years old, so at the time I was 27, 28, mm -hmm. and that's what they were asking. And it wasn't just that they were asking me. We right. had a full line of people. Mm -hmm. They were asking the same thing mm -hmm. because they wanted to take, they wanted cameras everywhere yeah. in different states for all of the uh, NCAA tournament. 
and they were going to take everybody's feed mm-hmm. and they were putting it on a different channel, not their main network, but they were putting it on side networks or whatever mm-hmm. and online. Like and, sci-fi and, yeah. and, uh, and they Spike were broadcasting. Yeah. 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 So, cool. so I don't know. The, the game's Turner changing. The game's There's changing. There's rumor that Turner might buy part of the Pac-12. You know, that, I just I just think that a lot of people talk a lot of nonsense about the Pac-12 network when they have no. When I think they're looking at part of the truth, and I know that people want to have well, this is you know I work at the San Jose Mercury News and I know all about the Pac-12. Well, you know what you've what people have told you or what the small th- glimpses into the organization you know, but. One of the things they don't understand is how hard we work. And I would love that we had the same amount of money as the SEC Network. You know how much I'd like to have a new shirt for every show or a new hat every week? Would love to. But I think that the Pac-12 Network has a lot lot of work to do. And I'm not sure that that's from a production angle. But I think people are stunningly full of it when they start attacking. It's like people in Salt Lake that attack. The news organization you were, oh, well, they're always in the last place. Well, no, we, 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 they make great content. But there's a lot of politics that go into um, why people watch other affiliates, right? Well, just so everybody knows, okay, ABC4 News at 10 is up 20% in ratings. And that's beautiful. And we're going from worst to first. Yeah. That's our that's our new slogan. Yeah, it's a Pac-12 slogan too. <laughs> yeah. we, yes, we, we have, are the conference of champions, we, but we moving up. We have t-shirts that say hashtag worst to first. Nice. <laughs> Can we steal that? <laughs> Is that so, under open source? I know, right. So watch out for ABC4. Yeah, watch out for them Pac-12 schools too. <laughs> so you got to watch out for Mike Leach. Yeah. In the classroom. And he's on Twitter. Side, oh, God. He's going he's from the taking the shirt off to too. the classroom. Maybe he'll take it off in the classroom. He's now going to be a teacher. How do you think about What do you feel about that? I think if you're making $3.5 million a year, you should be. One of the biggest things that's always bugged me about Coach Whittingham, and it's not his fault, but he's a brilliant man, and he's a great educator and motivator of young students. I would love to see his... I would love to see his ideas of education and leadership being exposed to the 33,000 kids at the University of Utah. And I know that they do interviews and stuff, but um, he's a great orator, and he's as talented as a wordsmith as any professor on campus. I think it'd be cool to hear him speak all the time. I think it'd be awesome if he coached um, a class that you could take, like in an auditorium where it's five, six, seven hundred kids. I think... If I were at Washington State University, I would definitely take his class. So Whittingham's class. Front row, glasses, notebook, recorder, I'd be all in. Whittingham's class, he'd be like, I'd have a I, love your, I love your boots. <laughs> I like those leather pants. <laughs> Is that a new shirt? <laughs> all the girls wearing leather pants. <laughs> oh, God. He's not going to be able to live that down. Um, you know, Mike Leach uh, rattlesnake hunts freehand, right? Yeah, that's like a uh, Putin. I don't know why that reminds me of Putin, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you, couldn't you see them sitting on the log eating jelly sandwiches together? <laughs> I can see. Well, I can do this with my bare hands with the snake. Well, I can ride a horse shirtless. Like, I don't know. 
Mm, I don't know. Anyway, so Mike Leach, do you know what his class is called, Sasha? What I don't remember. Called? I think you're going to like this. It's called Insurgent Warfare and Football. <laughs> so it's going to study underdog strategies in war and football. All right. End of this podcast, I'm going to play <laughs> George Carlin's bit comparing war to football. It's phenomenal. So what do you think about it? I think it's silly, but I, I, I think it's adorable. So you can't compare war and anything to 18 year old white kids from America playing on the gridiron. You well, can't. if you're Mike Leach, you can. <laughs> so here uh, no the, one said he wasn't stunningly <laughs> arrogant. Here are the classes. We're going to break this down. He's got, Does she teach you how to break out of a tough shed, too? Maybe that'll be for extra credit. What chapter is so that when you got... lock up your quarterback in a tough shed? So, so he's got five classes that he's teaching. Class oh. one, Introduction to Insurgent Warfare and Air Raid Theory. Because he was in the military. Class two, Suppressing Rebellion, Challenges of Counterurgency and Defending the Modern Spread Defense. <laughs> Class three, Profiles of prominent insurgent leaders and foundation in identifying and developing quarterbacks in the air raid offense. <laughs> Class four, intelligence, deception, and info operations in modern warfare and modern football. Drum roll, please. Last class, course, capstone, and careers in national security and football coaching. He's, let, he's lost his mind. Here's the kicker. How about you go recruit? Give, <laughs> yeah. Never mind this classroom stuff. <laughs> go recruit. No, you don't even get class credit for this. I'm sure you don't because it's done by a raving lunatic. <laughs> it's a waste of my time. Plus, you got to write two essays. You think he reads them? <laughs> When's he going to read them? During practice? <laughs> practice? Practice? Air raid. You think he's talking about like a 40-yard slant pass? I have no idea what this is. Like, I don't need, I can't even wrap my head around it. You think Clay Thompson would have taken that class? <laughs> Yo, Clay Thompson's a G. <laughs> oh, but he looks like the PBS logo. <laughs> it looks like you should play in Utah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh goodness! How do you think that? I would like. I would love to see Clay Thompson. In yeah, Utah. he and Mitchell. That, that's they, a championship team. They get all. <laughs> who's gonna pass? <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't say that. You said what? No. <laughs> so, what do you foresee happening? I want to go back to the Pac-12 before we wrap up. What do you specifically just Utah? Mm -hmm. Um, what is going what changes are going to be made to the football program this year? I think they're in a pretty good position. I think they got to, health is the most important thing. Probably solidify, hopefully, they brought in a good another running back behind Moss. Who's going to be the quarterback? <laughs> oh, not Shelly. He's not, he's not good. You saw this, right? Yeah. But I'm saying that's who you ended with. Yeah, but not by not by the team's choice. No. But I mean, do you just Huntley's good. Do you just but I'm saying do you just give the spot back to Huntley? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you just I would have had him play right. the bowl game just like Whittingham wanted to. But he was worried about breaking the team. <laughs> you All know right. Whittingham wanted to. Thanks, Shelly. <laughs> yep. 
See ya. You've been you've been good. Hey, you take your five ten self. Sit back down. Sit back down. West Coast Conference. So it's just like that. St. Mary's got a team, right? <laughs> so Huntley just I know gets Portland spot State back? does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so will Moss. So will everybody. And I bet you they start with the top fifteen ranking and they don't play Oregon this year. USC still is gonna be really bad. UCLA yeah, they should win the championship. I think that will be an abject failure and you might see a coaching change if he doesn't. This is the Everybody year. has said that. Every year we say this is the year. Well, we have and new athletic director. And if Whittingham doesn't do this, if Whittingham doesn't do that. The U has a new athletic director and they're um they're business oriented, trust me. Listen, I like Whittingham. I do too. I think he's a fair man. Me too. And I think, you know, I don't know, man. I think he's just cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's just stay. <laughs> or the the picture that I wanted you they to don't, post. They don't test coaches, one. do they? I wanted you to post this one with his legs open. <laughs> we can do that. Oh. Let's wait till football gets closer. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that we should be talking about? No, but I, I, I'm not done with this Pac-12 conversation. I think we should get some people to call in or come in. I want to start talking to these bullies. I want to clear some stuff with my bosses and see what I can and can't talk about. But I, I, it really bothers me that there is this run on the Pac-12. If you can leave us with one last word of advice, Sasha Bloom. Who's going to be a, Who beats Alabama? Utah. Clemson. Just Utah. Clemson. Utah. That was a long time ago. That was a lot of recruiting classes ago. (laughs) Never say never. It can happen And They might have had the smartest quarterback in the country in the last 10 years. Let's see, an offensive coordinator at Houston now? It can happen. There's no T. Martin, I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dropping Dimes. We're back, y'all. Follow us on Twitter, dropping dimes underscore. Follow Sasha. Blue underscore Sasha on Instagram. You can come at me at Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. Are you? Yeah. That's <laughs> why so I just leave it to you to put out your social media handle. But you are back on Twitter. Yeah, we can talk Pac-12 all you want on Twitter. And right. I will die on this mountain with 17,000 um, available subscribers to watch um, women's sport. And I think my Instagram is Brittany Johnson TV now. I wouldn't know. You don't you don't you don't engage with me on Instagram. I don't engage with anybody. I just post fly pictures. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I like your makeup tutorials though. Thank you. Yeah. I I like your story presentations too. I think you're doing good work at ABC for Utah. Thank you. And I'll leave you guys with this. I am the one who started the story about slavery still being in the Utah Constitution. Not anybody else. Me. Okay? So I am making legislative... Well, I'm not making the legislative change, but I kicked it off. And now, hopefully it's going to be removed from the Constitution. Then, then we got to get other states to do it. Isn't that power?